What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. All right, so here we have um, Anthony Ronette, uh, also known as Port City uh, Firefighter Training on Instagram. Man, welcome. Thank you for coming on. No, I appreciate the opportunity, bro. Yeah, man, absolutely. So we uh, we kind of just talked about you know what what your your career looks like so far. So um, you just told me eighteen years in the service. So we'll kind of jump into really what what made you become a fireman and how did you end up kind of down here in uh in the southern part of the country. Yeah, so I, I grew up in North New Jersey. Um, first generation fireman. Nobody in my family was a part of it. Um, grew up in a in very northwest corner. No paid fire departments in that area. But kind of all my friends, their dads were volunteer firemen. So I was around it, but not involved in it. Uh, was obsessed with it since I was about five years old. Uh, my parents told me I watched Backdraft every day when I was five. So apparently it was, you know, I was asking Santa Claus for a fireman's coat, you know. And yeah. uh, so because all my friends became volunteer firemen like their dad, uh, during high school, junior, senior year, I joined the volunteer fire department. It's kind of like, a, is this going to be the route I want to go in life? Uh, let's test it out. So I joined the volunteer fire department and it it was a great department. It's not real big, not real busy, but they're absolutely passionate about everything about the fire service, doing everything right and doing it the right way. So really fell in love with it and just knew like, you know, that's, this is what I do want to do. So I ended up taking the test for New York City, taking the test for New Jersey. And that's when kind of every city went broke and hiring freezes went crazy, especially in the Northeast. And, uh, kind of hit that lull of like, maybe it's not going to happen. Maybe I need to go a different route in life. And uh, a kid I volunteered with that I grew up my whole life with him, uh, his uncle had gotten stationed in Mobile here in Alabama in the Navy. And then when he got out, he got on the fire department. So my a kid I grew up with, he was like, bro, just come take the test with me for my uncle's department. You know, no one's hiring in the Northeast. Let's just go somewhere else. So we got on a plane, we took the test and uh, both ended up getting on the job here. He ended up after he got married, he moved up to North Alabama and works for Huntsville Fire now. And I'm still here, but that's how I got here. And now wife followed me down from New Jersey. You know, we were dating in high school and she so the whole family's here now. And this is where we like being now. And couldn't I wouldn't change it if I could. That's awesome, man. So I, I wanna, you know, the the guests certified fire are are from all walks, man. They're firefighters in training, firefighters on the job, retirees, and, and I want everybody to kind of pick apart what your mindset was. And I think we're lacking that in society today, right? Uh, we had, I had a conversation with an officer yesterday on how the, the individual coming in today in the fire department is kind of in the mindset that we owe them something that we, we need to be, we need to earn their respect. And you need to understand that, you have to have the mindset that you have, which is willing to do whatever it takes to succeed, willing to do whatever it takes to get the job, willing to do whatever it takes to be super passionate and a good firefighter rather than doing the bare minimum and expecting, you know, an applause for that. Um, I, I'm sure you're having the same issues in your department with people coming in and um, there's still hope. There's still guys that come in. And they walk the line correctly. They're respectful. They work hard. They don't voice their opinion. They ask more questions than they than they do, you know, say statements or opinions. And um, so I, I'm not going to be negative. I try to be as positive as I can be. But there is more, I believe, of the people that, like you said earlier, well, it was just was. It's not for me. 
You know, you could easily said that you could easily went a different route in life, but you, you follow what you want to be. And, and, and I really hope anybody listening out there, no matter how t- tough it is, how difficult it is, like find a way, like I'm going to make it happen. When you have that mindset, right. I, I, I bring people on coaching all the time. And I ask a lot of people, do you have a plan B? And if you have a plan B, like the, the obstacles, the adversity you faced, you would have just pivoted. All right, I'll just go do this. And the problem is, is that, okay, you're successful in another area. But it's one of those things where you'll regret it later in life. And then you have to live with that. And, and this may be extreme, but this is how I, I view life. One day you'll be on your deathbed and you'll say, what if I would have actually just followed through, you know? So, yeah, man, that's that's amazing. So tell me how, you know, Mobile is with hiring new new people and are you experiencing kind of that same same problem? Yeah, so so we do. I mean, I was just the hiring pools down. It's like everywhere else in the country for the most part. Um, we used to get a couple thousand people for 30, 40 spots, you know. Um, when I took it, it was down a little bit from that. We were, you know, six, 700 people testing for 30, 40, 50 spots. Now it, it, we have somewhere you might have 100 people for 50 spots and sometimes maybe less than that. Um, but at the end of the day, we, we are seeing it, but we're also getting good guys too. I mean, I, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I got a very junior crew. And I wouldn't trade them for anybody. I got some great guys. And what I found that helps us combat that, and it's not citywide. I mean, it's just my experience. I've worked with very, very senior guys my whole career. I've been in the same firehouse basically my whole career. So, like, I got hired. I came out. I went to one station, did maybe a year there. I think it was a little less, transferred downtown to Central. Worked there as a fireman, got promoted. You got to move when you get promoted. First chance I got, less than a year, I was back. Got promoted, made captain, left. Less than a year, I came back. So I, I surrounded myself with those people. And a lot of it was the environment, too. You know, growing up outside of New York City, you want to work in a high-rise district. You want to work in those in those ghetto areas and all that. So it, it made it fun. But it was a lot of it really was the people. And a lot of it was the bosses and the senior men. Because they just – it didn't matter what was changing in society. They had their way. And we're mm. a very, very old fire department with a lot of traditions. And they wanted to keep those going. So like now, so we don't do lieutenants. We just have captains. Um, so three captains on engine three, I'm on the B shift, the captain on a shift and the captain on C shift are brothers. Their dad That's was awesome. a captain in that company. They both have over 30 years. So I'm surrounded by these senior guys who were mentors to me when I was first coming in and they just have their ways and they're not willing to change it. Now you do have to change to society. I mean, the, you can't haze people anymore and all that kind of stuff, you know, <laughs> but, but there are still ways to teach people. This is the hierarchy of the fire department. This is the way it works. And it's a respect thing. And those guys get the same level of respect. They always. And one thing we found, we, we feel like it, it does help. Uh, we, we don't do them as much anymore. It used to be weekly. Now it's a little bit less often. Our recruits do ride outs. So they have to go ride with the companies. Now it's really just like towards the end of their uh, academy and during their EMT ride outs because our EMS is intertwined in our fire department. They're in our firehouses and they fall under the engine captains. But it used to be every weekend you did a 16-hour rotation in a different company in the field to make your 56-hour work week. And it gave you a feel and an understanding of the firehouse, where you fit, and allowed those companies to figure out who they wanted, who was going to fit with them. So we've lost some of that. We, we get some of the not as good of a fit anymore. 
But what we do is when those new guys are coming in, it's their first experience to the firehouse. They've never been in a firehouse before. And we have pictures of fires all over the walls, you know, that we've been to. And they can go down there and they'll ask, oh, did you make, were you at any of these? And you're like, yeah, we made this one or whatever. But the first one, when you come up, we have a two-story firehouse. You come up the stairs. When you go through the door and you go past that captain's dorm, which is the first dorm when you walk in, the first picture you see on the wall is a captain from the 90s. He's a legend of our company carrying a kid out. And it's a fire he got the highest medals you can get. He's a legend for, for that fire. I mean, for a lot of things, but especially that fire. That picture is very well known. It was used as recruiting material for the fire department in the 90s and everything. And stop them at that picture and i don't do it my senior guy they explain what it meant that he's got a three on his helmet all the stuff that went with it the medals all that kind of stuff and they tell him like man everything you have is a gift it's all being mm-hmm. given to you everything the way the public's going to look at you give you a pass when you mess up because you're you're a fireman and they know what you'll do for them all of that is on his back he built that for you don't ever let that down don't ever disrespect it so we try to we try to do that right out the gate now, with the recruits, maybe it doesn't work as much because we don't see them again. But when you get assigned to our company, that becomes very, very clear to you. On your first day, you come meet with me. I give you my expectations. We do everything. And my driver's standing at that officer's door waiting for you to come out. And then he's got 15 <laughs> And that's where he starts. And then when you go walk in the dorm, and I tell people this like when I teach a lot like of a mindset thing to understand your influence if you just do the right thing. So that picture – my, my driver now is explaining it to these younger kids like this is what was built for you. Don't ever disgrace this. Well, I had my I had my driver now when he was a rookie. He came out of the academy. I got him. I had about three months on. I transferred back in and uh, we get the funeral announcement that uh, Captain Claude Curry had died. So I was like, hey, we're going to go to the funeral. I get us a funeral time so we can ride out there. We go out there and all the young guys are like, I've never even heard of this guy. Why are we going to the funeral? And I was like, well, I know I've met him before. But he was a part of this company, and you always do the right thing. Take care of the job, you know. And uh, so we ride out there. Well, his family, it means everything to them. They see Engine 3 out there. That's where he did his career. But also, as they go in, they walk in. We go up, pay our respects, and next to the casket is that picture that he's now telling these kids about. And it's the write-up for his Class A Medal of Valor with the whole story about the fire. Well, we come in like the next shift. That same guy who's now my driver was a rookie then. He's got a picture of a write-up from the internal department newsletters at the time that he went through and found taped to his locker with a write-up about Captain Claude Curry in his picture. And I was like, man, I, okay, I got to ask, what's this about? If, if you were asking about even going to the funeral, and he was like, man, I just realized what he did. I can't let that down being in the same company. This is my daily reminder. So if you just do things the right way and you invest in people, you do the job right. You take care of the job. Your your influence is going to go way beyond your your career, your lifetime. And uh, so that's just kind of the approach we've taken is tell people about those guys. Let them know where these traditions came from. They're not just something we're making up. All of this is built on something. We've all been taught the same way. We've all been where you are. We're not just going to tell you about it. We're going to show you where it comes from. Like these guys built this. Don't disrespect it. You're in this old firehouse, very old fire to ha- fire department. You're going to get to go to work, like enjoy it, but don't take advantage of it. And we've, right. we've seen that do really good with our young guys that are in our company of they, they really take hold to that. Like, man, I, this is bigger than me. 
you know. Yeah, so it's one of those things. I, we were talking about this hazing yesterday. And um, first of all, you're coming into a, a profession where you, you can't get your feelings hurt, right? Like you, you have to understand that if they're if they're messing with you, if they're throwing jabs, if they're doing this, they're doing that, it's just a test, right? Do people take it too far sometimes? They do, right? But at the end of the day, do you want to be that guy that's like, that everything bothers you, you know, like if you can't take a couple jabs at the station, what makes you think you can take the heat on a call in a fire, right? Like, like understand it's just a part of it. And there will come a point where the tables turn and those same people throwing jabs will literally die for you. And, and I think we, we lose that. We're like, sometimes people feel attacked. Sometimes people feel like, oh, this isn't right. This and a third, and even if it's not right, understand that they're coming from a place of love for the most part, right? There's always that instance where you hear about this crazy story that was out of line, but the traditions, right? The hazing, the the the, the being messed with, like you're new, you know. They got to see what you're what you're about. Are you tough, right? Are you resilient? They, they want to see what your character is be, before we are on that high priority call. They want to make sure that. You don't break because they're they're messing with you at the station, right? I mean, uh, anybody out there listening, th- think about that. If I'm messing with you at the station, right, throwing a couple jokes, and you get all emotional, where in your right mind do you think you're going to be able to handle a high-priority call? It's just not going to happen, you know? So that's kind of where it comes from. That's the purpose. And like like you said, I think it's also kind of now the more the senior guys, it's our job that when when the new guys do get messed with or they get, you know, jabs thrown at him, pull him aside and tell him like, Hey man, this is why we're doing this. Like just, just stay strong, you know? And we have a lot of people that have come before us in this service and this line of work that have done amazing things. And like you talked about, we owe it to them to continue that. We owe it to them to, to have the passion, have the pride, have a really high, I, I live by this, have a high give a shit factor. You know, um, and and you work for an old traditional fire department, man. That's one thing I wish I would have I would have ended up doing is uh, my department was founded and and basically it's a it's a county department that was uh, merged together with a bunch of towns and, and cities in uh, in 1983, 1984. I'm sorry, 1984. So we don't have a hundred plus years of tradition, yeah. Right, Mobile. That you guys have a hundred yeah. plus, right? Oh, so yeah. it's a it's a different it's a different 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 department you work for but nonetheless man mentorship yesterday right when to go work out new a new guy was like walking by me in the station i said hey man i'm gonna go work out come on with it and uh, he came out the other new guy saw me i was like hey let's go we're gonna get to it they had no idea what we we're gonna do and uh and it just ended up working out to where we, we did a, a fucking horrific workout <laughs> <laughs> and uh and I didn't tell them how long we were doing it. I didn't tell them how, how you know how many rounds, none of that. Um, and they just got with it, man. And we we shared suffering. And I, I want to talk about you know what your perspective is on that um, because man, it's it's amazing when you get guys. And and I didn't know these guys. Like this is the first time floating into the station. I never worked with these new guys before. Um, but after that training session of just fitness, we were closer and better for it. And uh, they both thanked me, right? Hey, man, thank you for pushing me. Thank you for, you know, making making us you know, get better. 
And, uh, and I told them, I said, Hey man, it's, it's your duty to make this a daily occurrence, right? Like it's, it's not a, it shouldn't be a surprise guys getting better guys training guys pulling equipment out guys getting in gear. Like the, the whole thing of we're too busy. It's the holidays. It's the weekend. Like you, you're negotiating, you're negotiating with something that like you talked about earlier, you're bestowed this title of firefighter. And you got to earn it every day. So what, what what's your take on on the shared suffering at work with training, with with fitness and kind of instilling in the new guys and, and your company of the importance of it? Yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll go kind of full picture for it because we, we kind of do it with everything. So being such an old firehouse, like our firehouse built in 1925, we don't have the individual dorms and all this. The engine and the truck captain sleep in a shared dorm. All the firemen sleep in a shared dorm and the medics have their dorm. We are together for 24 hours. You won't find a member of engine three away from any other member of engine three unless they're on their phone with their kids or there's an emergency. They're just always to get, we're always together, work out together. We train together. Uh, we have very strict rules about when we eat. You know what I mean? Some people think we're, we're crazy, but, and I've been asked this before, like, cause there was a complaint about it because someone said, well, I, I paid for my phone. Well, you're not going to have your phone at the dinner table. You know, if it's an emergency, get up with, but put your, we put our phones on the table face down while we eat. We can have yeah. 30 minutes together as a family. Don't be on your phone when you're in a truck. We're going to discuss what we're looking at. We're going to know which you should be learning the streets, learning where the hydrants are, which mains are where, where are the big mains, which buildings are under construction, which buildings are vacant. One thing we do with the, with the new guys is we take them out at 10 in the morning and drive through certain neighborhoods and look, just look at the houses. We're going to drive the same path tonight at nine o'clock. You're going to see all the people going in these vacant houses. Uh, but we're always together. We work out together, train. And, you know, some of the things I didn't really think about till senior guys told me, I went to work out one day, me and the truck captain, we were in there working out. And the chief of department, all the chiefs are on the other side of our firehouse. It's a, it's a huge building. It's a whole block long. And uh, all the chief's admins down there. And the chief of department had walked down. Uh, we had both worked for him before, but the truck captain worked for him when he was a captain for 10 years. And so he just came down, you know, bullshitting with us and talking. And I, he was like, I was like, man, where are my guys at? They, they ain't even come in here to work out yet because they're always in there with us. And he was like, man, I saw them there. They got a line hooked up to the hydrant across the street. They're out there working. They're training. I was like, all right. And I went to go change. And the, just from the chief of department at the time, he's retired now. He's like, no, let them have their time. Get your workout in. Let them have their time without you watching. Your senior mm -hmm. guys have a different environment right now. That rookie's not as afraid to make a mistake because you're not standing there. So mm -hmm. it's even got to the point where it's that, where I walk, I, I walk out from doing paperwork, look out the window, and they got a line hooked up to a hydrant, but they're together working on a skill. They have no problem going to each other saying, man, I, I screwed this up at the last fire. Let's work on it. Show me how to get better at this. Or I did this with the stretch. Why did you, what did you see to do this different? And they're out there training on it. I'll finish the paperwork and come down. They're already training. And it's all of them together. None of them are worried about their feelings. I mean, we made a fire the other day. And the, it, the first thing we do when we get back is they're saying, okay, what could I have done different? Because I had people acting up, right? I had a firefighter that was acting up driving because my driver was off. What could I have done different? Should I have hooked into the FDC differently? This, all of this stuff, different stuff was going on. And it was little things that could be better but they were seeking it. There was no, I didn't have to bring it up. I didn't have to say anything. They were immediately going, I know there's something I could have done better. What could I have done? 
and they were bouncing off each other what they all could have done better. So they're constantly together. They train to get, we train together. We work together, uh, work out together. The whole thing. We'll watch a movie together as family time. We're going to eat together. Uh, that, that's something we're big on. And, um, but the, they put the job first and everything and then they don't care. Their feelings are out the window when they're at work. It doesn't matter if you have something to offer and you're the junior guy, but you saw this, my senior guys want you to say it to them because they want to see what they could have done. And they just want to find ways to be better. And that's a, that's a cooperative effort. Yourself. So you know, four sets off something that I didn't, and then I can factor in, okay, well, if I had seen that, maybe I would have done this or, you know, just finding ways to get better. And that, that comes from being together, but also that ability to go down a hallway and trust somebody comes from knowing them and mm. things together lets you really know somebody because that, that rookie, you don't know what he's going to do in that hallway until you get there, but you can figure out he's doing all the little things right too. He's not walking past the full garbage can. He's the first one in the sink. He's doing everything right. He's taking care of the little details. I trust him with the big stuff. You know what I mean? He's not looking past this little stuff, and then we'll teach him as we go. But it's it's big because if that junior guy is just trying to read the book and read the manuals he gets given or review his IFSTA book they gave him from the fire academy, he's not going to get very far. What our senior guys have to offer by them being together and training together is the stuff you're never going to find written in a book. They mm-hmm. learned it through. Experience and it was passed down from their senior members, from their experiences to them saying, Hey, don't do this again. We got hurt last time, or do this in this situation. This is what bailed us out. So you're not going to find that stuff written in a book. So them being together is how all of that gets shared. So that that's the key for us is we just do everything together. Yeah, and the relationships are, are really they're vital. They're vital. I work for a very big department. We've got two thousand about two thousand people. Um and it's it's pretty wild that you know there's so much movement in the department um because you know i i worked for a previous department where i was with the same crew for three years right and i mean where you work you're with the same crew for 10 plus years right um and here with promotions and and how big we are that's kind of not the case so it's a very difficult um challenge that we face in understanding how we can put the, the crew in position that day to do things like you just talked about to better understand what people's strengths and weaknesses are to better build that relationship. Um, and, and we have to constantly be doing that. I mean, I don't, I don't really care if you never worked with the person or you've been with the person for 10 years, right? That constant forged under pressure, under stress, under adversity will make everybody better together. Um, so let, let's kind of pivot, man, and talk about, you know, instructing and what you got going on with, uh, with your Instagram page and kind of what your purpose is with social media right now. Yeah. So really it's just to share the message. Um, you know, I, I got into the teaching thing and I, I was blessed just the circle I'm in that they gave me opportunities and gave me a lot of opportunities that led to me getting to meet a lot of people and make really good friendships. I mean, there's a lot of people I instruct with that. They're from all over the country and they're family to me. Um, and just being able to see the country, you know what I mean? And see the fire right. service in different areas and have firemen friends everywhere. Cause I'm one of them people. Like, I don't, I don't have a lot of friends that aren't firemen. Like I, I hang out with firemen and, um, but it's really just sharing the message. Um, it, it started with like, I come from a fire department that we, we like to be in our bubble for a very long mm-hmm. time. We did not leave our bubble. I mean, you have five of the biggest fire conferences in the country and our, east of us in Pensacola. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know what I mean? Like we didn't go. We just said, "Hey, we're we're like the biggest fire department from Jacksonville to New Orleans. We're well, what are we gonna do?" You know, and that was culture. Like we go to a lot of fires and we, we're good at what we do. And it started changing. And uh, going to stuff like that, my captain at the time, who was my a very well, he wasn't my captain anymore, but he was a very huge mentor for me till the time he retired and he still is. If I run into a problem, I'm going to call him, you know, and he's been gone like eight years. But uh, he was like, man, you're you're going to start writing articles and try to get stuff in fire engineering. And you're going to start teaching. And I was like, I don't know, man, that's not our culture. And he was like, you you can write like you're good at writing. You need to get the message out. If we make mistakes and we're finding ways to fix them, other people are, too. So they can sh- they can. And that's where the mentality started from was him kind of pushing me to do it. And like, if these are mistakes we're making, other people are making them too. So let, let's share the solutions. And uh, it just kind of grew from there. And uh, now it's just a passion of mine. I, I love getting out and sharing the message and meeting other people. Cause if you go do a class, man, you're going to learn as much from that, from everyone there as you are, as they are going to learn from you. And, uh, and then just who you're around. Like if you go to a conference, you're only one of, you know, three, four, five, six guys that are, that are presenting their message. So I'm going to be in there taking notes too. And right. I got a chance to learn from them and bring that back. Um, and, and it's grown. Like uh, all my guys are, they're into conferences. They're going to conferences all the time, trying to bring stuff back. Uh, it led to us actually starting the Alabama firefighters training foundation to have a nonprofit. That's whole goal is just bringing this national level instruction to the state of Alabama and taking that travel aspect away, just mm-hmm. making it available locally to people here. And basically saying like, no one's ever going to say they didn't have the opportunity to be better, to, to be better and to know the job. Because, uh, I mean, my department, I, I, we had a slow, slow winter. We were not happy compared to usual. But uh, usually when, when we get a cold streak like we did last week, it's on and uh, it's just slower than usual. But uh, but compared to a lot of people, we probably still go to a lot of fires. And it, it's down from what I experienced when I first came on. So my thing is, if you're not getting as much you have to supplement it somewhere and mm. nothing's better than the real thing. Nothing's going to teach you like a real fire because you don't have that. Okay. Well, I know where the doors are in my training building or there's an instructor ready to get me out. Like it's real now. Um, and I really got to do it. And, um, you can't replace that, but the only thing you can do to supplement it is training. And that's one benefit we do have being such an old fire department and we're nowhere near as big as you guys, but still decent size, 500 people. And you have a, we, we, not like we used to, but we still have a lot of 30-year guys hanging around. 30-year guys, 20-year guys. We got a lot of that. There's a lot of experience sitting in our firehouses that are able to still pass on of that experience-based knowledge to these younger guys. Know, look, this is really how we operate. This is what we do, and this is why. Because to me, and I'm the Y generation, don't get me wrong, but I had a captain that was not the Y generation, but he, he accepted it. You know what I mean? We used to say he built machines. He would teach you how, how, how. And if he said, get a line in this place, we could do it. We couldn't tell you why. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't tell you why I was doing it, but I could do it. And, uh, <laughs> but after you get a couple of years on, I was like, man, I, I want to know why. Like, that, that's who I am. Like, if you want me to dive into something, I, I, I want to know everything about it. And I think that's generational. And he understood that, you know. And I never questioned him. I never said why to question him. But we'd get back from a fire and I'd say, Captain Ray, you mind walking me through? What did you see that made you make this decision? Because if I'm going to promote, I need to know more than how. 
I want to know why you make those decisions so I can make the same ones. And he would spend hours with me going through it. So even though he wasn't the Y generation, he accepted it. And I think, but I think it's important. I think the, the Y generation is important. And especially with less fires, you have to explain why. Don't just tell someone how. Don't just show me how. Explain why I'm doing it because eventually I'm going to be acting up or I'm going to get promoted. One of the two. I mean, our, our all of our fi- firefighters have to be able to drive in two years. Mm-hmm. And when our driver's off, they're driving. So they better know why they're doing things. They're not just pulling levers. All of our drivers, after they've been promoted six months, they can ride the seat and act up when their officer's off. They better know why those decisions are being made at fires and not just that you did those things. Otherwise, right. you're setting them up to fail. So you've got to come full circle. So to me, kind of everything training-wise came full circle of I can go out and get stuff to bring back. Now my guys are wanting to go out and get stuff and bring back. And I love it because I can only do so much. I got three kids, a wife. I can only travel so much. If they're going to a conference I didn't go to or hearing an instructor I've never heard, the first thing I want them to come back is do is tell me what they learned. Show me what they learned so we can implement it. And we have we've had some administration changes that have been very open to it. Uh, we've, we've changed a lot of our operational plans, rewrote, rewrote the entire high rise operations manuals, uh, bought a new equipment. And we've been open to saying we can be better. Let's find ways to be better. Um, and a lot of that came from that. I mean, a lot of that came from, we got an operations chief to go to the high rise conference, Pensacola. Uh, and that would have never happened until other guys started getting out saying there's something out there we're missing and we want to be better. And ultimately that's the drive of it. You know, it's just, you want to be better. You get around people that want to be like that. That's a hard thing to to break. When you got a whole group of people that just want to be better and they're willing to do anything to to be the best they can at this job, you're gonna have a hard time breaking that. They're gonna be yeah. a good way around it, you know. So, well, you 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 created that environment, man. And I want to talk about the environment is is huge. The environment as a leader <clears throat> for your new guy. The environment as a as a leader for your driver, for your senior firefighter, for yourself is is an environment of growth, is an environment of expectation. Um, and here in South Florida, man, all across Florida, hurricanes, there's so much new construction constantly, man. So we're not going to the fires that most of the country goes to. Um, but so, some something that I just did recently was go up to uh, to Jim's place in Indiana and uh, go to FDTN. And uh, if you haven't been, man, I highly recommend yeah, it. Old Disneyland. Uh, yeah, old Disneyland. Um, it, it was amazing because I was able to to do the actual job and make decisions on what I thought was the best decision, only later to come to find out, man, you could have done it this way. You could have done it that way. You probably should have made a decision a little faster. Um, and, and And that only comes from putting myself in a different environment, going out seeking knowledge and, and and information from other people and understanding that uh there there's many different ways to do things and just because that's another thing just because you train hard doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes right so it's one of the things with with being a smoke diver right it's a huge target everywhere i go everywhere people look you know oh he's a smoke diver and uh one of my buddies just graduated shout out to uh to Sean, Sean Lawton. Um, and, and I told him, I said, Hey man, listen, understand this just because you did this. It's an amazing achievement. Does not mean you won't have a moment of weakness. Does not mean you won't make mistakes. 
So understand that it's okay if it does happen, right? Like you're, that's what makes us human. That's what makes us, you know, so special is that nobody's perfect. No matter how badass you are, no matter how good you are, right? Um, so, yeah, you, you, ha- you have to understand, you have to seek information elsewhere. You can't stay stuck in your bubble. And as far as the environment you've created, man, I, I, it would be an honor to work under you, work work with you alongside of you because you've got the perfect place to succeed, right? And and I see that you've been mentored by the right people. Uh, I was fortunate enough to have people that, that, that taught me how to do things the right way, um, checked me when I needed to be checked, right? Hey, listen, kid, that's not how this shit works. Like, this is how it works, right? And I think we're missing that with the new generation, certain places. I'm sure you got guys come in. And you see him do things, you're yeah. like, you know, it, may, it makes you makes you think like, oh, you you haven't been checked yet. You've worked with people that just say, oh, it's not a big deal. Yeah, it, oh, it, 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 bro, I've had know? people tell me like, you you hang on to the old fire department too hard, and I was like, I don't care, it's not changing. <laughs> but I'll tell you, like, because it, it mimics. I mean, you're from Florida, I'm I'm in Alabama. It's the same message. When I finished the smoke diver program and graduated, I'm I'm good friends now with the guy that that is the head of our smoke diver program. We teach together. Okay. The, he had for the whole class when they graduated is, yeah, you got this patch, you got this challenge coin, this shirt, whatever. It didn't make you better than anybody. You're mm. not better than anybody. When you go back home, you're not better than anybody there. You challenged yourself and you, you accomplished it. Good. Congratulations. Now get back to work. And that was his <laughs> message to us leaving. And we kind of carried that back. Like it had been years since we had sent people to the smoke diver program. And uh, now we have people go every year and their message when they get back is like, man, I, I hate to tell you like that. That's cool. Like I, I went, that's cool. It's a great accomplishment. I didn't do it for a patch. I didn't do it to say I'm better than anybody. It was a challenge. I wanted to know if I could do it. That's it. It's personal. It's over. Cause the baddest sons of bitches I've ever met on this job weren't smoke divers. The best firemen I've ever been with that. If I told you today, I had one choice. My kids are trapped in a fire. Who's coming? They're not smoke divers. Right. It wasn't. It just wasn't their culture at the time. Right. But they're the baddest dudes I've ever met, and they don't lose. They they're a different. They, I mean, they just don't lose. They right, right. It's, bodies into the ground the yeah. same way your mentality is to go through that program. They just don't have the patch. So don't look down on them because there's a lot you're going to learn from them because they got 30, 40 years of nothing but fire experience. Right. Well, and I think that they they embody what it is, right? Yeah. Just, and and I, I sell that to a lot of people, people that are unsuccessful or people that want to go, you know, like if they don't embody what it is, I kind of tell them like, hey, man, this, this isn't for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, because, you know, it's one of those things like you just said, just because you are doesn't mean you're a great fireman, right? Like it's just something you did. And it's it's like somebody said the other day, I'm going to I'm going to uphold the standard. And I'm like. I stopped him. I said, Hey man, you've been upholding the standard. Like you, you didn't just change overnight. Like did the program make you a better fireman? Yes. But you've always gone the extra mile. You've always pushed the standard, challenged yourself, been a student of the craft, right? Like now you just on cherry on top, you completed the program. Yeah. But like you said, congrats, you're back now. And it's, it's a, it's a personal journey. So, um, uh, I didn't even know that you 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 went through the Alabama program. What when did you go through, and uh, what was your biggest takeaway fr- from that program? Yeah, I went through back in like 2017, and okay. then literally it became like 
my driver at the time, he works up outside of Birmingham now. We went through together and our nozzle man at the time. And uh, he works in that, another place now, too. And uh, the the problems of pay in the urban area, the suburbs get all our people. But yeah. uh, it became a thing. And, like, for a while there, we had, like, our whole crew was smoke divers. And, you know, so it was a reason to talk. And we love the target being on our back. I don't, we don't care. And, uh, but it was just a challenge for everybody. And, um, but they all really embodied it of, like, man, I'm going to go up there for the challenge. I want to see if I can do it. And then I'm going to go back and come back here. And if someone wants to learn something I learned, that's great. And I'm going to go try to learn from Captain Bubba and Captain Smitty and Captain Bruce before they leave because these dudes just have so much experience. So ours is, um, I, I know, because I know Basil and stuff, so I know Florida's a little different than ours. Yours is probably more like Georgia than ours because of the PT. Ours mm-hmm. doesn't have as PT as like uh, Georgia and stuff. It's five days and it's really just, evolutions based try to put you in different scenarios and they have different days like one day is really just physically taxing see if you can do everything that's going to be asked of you for the week physically if you pass that day like there's nothing we're going to throw at you now that you physically can't do and then the next day is very very mentally taxing everything Mm -hmm. is just going mentally crazy and can you calm down and just handle what you got to do and think so now we know when we truly get into these pressure scenarios we're going to put you under you're physically and mentally capable of doing everything. And, uh, and then it just goes just scenario based after that. But, uh, but yeah, it does, just doesn't have the PT base of like the Georgia program. Mm. But and, and what, what do you feel your biggest takeaway was um, going into it versus leaving it? And, and I tell people all this all the time, like, cause I, and I'm friends with Brandon who runs it. Like it didn't make me better than anybody. All it did was teach me about me. Mm. It taught me where my weaknesses are. And it taught me where, which my weakness was an athlete mentality. Like I'll just bow my chest up and get through this. Well, there's times you got to be the nail, not the hammer, you know, and you <laughs> that the hard way. But so I learned about me. I learned where those mental weaknesses were of, I've got to take, I've got to approach this differently than I'm, than I want to, you know, I want to just bull through it. And if, if it hurts, it hurts, you know, but uh, learning that, but learning just how far you could truly physically push yourself. That's right. what I got out of it the most. It wasn't, this I didn't learn some crazy skill or anything like that. It was like everything else. It was the basics. If you're good at the basics, you can get everything done. But right. it was I can continue to push no matter. I I feel like I'm done, and I know I'm. I've still got half a drill left. No, it doesn't matter. Just quit feeling bad for yourself. Keep going. Everybody else got through it, you know. And you realize how far you could push yourself. Absolutely, bro. That, that was the biggest takeaway for me is in the moments of chaos, disconnect. Take a second, right? Take a tactical break, get your shit together, and then get the job done, right? And and that was that was the two mantras I had were keep forward progress and get the job done. Keep forward progress, get the job done, right? So those two things are, you know, in those moments that you talk about, but that's what, you know, I was telling myself. And it, it's, like you just said, it's a personal thing, but there is a, 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 level of respect to the person that's willing to put himself in a situation where failure is so, so high, right? Like um, that in itself, I think is overlooked. People think of the bravado, think of people think about the chest thumping and those people will never get it. But the purpose is for you to be put in a situation where you're probably going to fail. And if you don't, your attributes are the reason for your success, right? What you have that can't be taught 
is why you're successful, right? Um, and so many people, man, are unsuccessful that don't have those attributes, right? Don't have the ability to stop, disconnect. All right, what are we doing? What What's the mission? What's the objective right now? Not tomorrow, not an hour from now, right now, right? Like that's a, that's a tough skill. And um, I think maturity has a lot to do with it. But I think also just having the mindset of staying present where your feet are and getting the job done is really important. And you bring it right back to work, right? Now you know how far you can go. Now you know what your weakness is. And that will make you not only the best firefighter you can be, but the best leader you are for your people. And you can be vulnerable, right? I think the the big misconception is, is, uh, you know, smoke divers don't fail or don't, don't have weaknesses. And it's like, dude, we're human, right? You know, we're, we're, we're all human. Um, and it's just something I did. Right. So, man, thank you so much. Where can people find you? Uh, thank you for coming on, bro. It was really a true honor. Yeah. Uh, anyone, anyone can find me on Instagram or Facebook at Port City Fire Training. Um, I'm on there more than my personal accounts, honestly. So that's probably the best place. Um, but yeah, I appreciate the time. I'm going to leave you with this, though. I'm going to read you a text I got from uh, this is one of the biggest mentors I got on his retirement. And uh, he did 30, 30 something years, I think 32. And um, th- this was our guy. I mean, he he was a living legend. If you, you follow my social media, so you've seen me post about him. But uh, man, he he was just different. You know, he had everything. He was a good leader. He was a good fireman. And um, let me find this text. But uh, he. Uh, if if it was your kids, that's who you want coming is Bubba Boucher. And um, let me see where this text is from him. He said, uh, where'd it go? Man, now I can't find it. Well, ultimately what he said was um, that even if the young guys aren't getting it yet, keep teaching them because they got to learn this is a, this job is a, is a way of life. And, and that was, that's what he told me right before his retirement party. Um, very few people got to go. He didn't want the big party, which I, I hated for him. I, it was his personal choice, but uh, man, what we learned just working with that dude, I treasured every fire I ever went to with him. Cause you knew like this guy's just different. And uh, he was just, but he, he was like a lot of us. He's very competitive, just super competitive. And that's what he saw it. That fire was a fight and he wasn't going to lose. And 30 plus years in, he still wanted to go to a fire every day. And that was his message to me when he retired was just keep teaching them because this job's a way of life. Mm. It, it, it's true, man. We, we get lost in the politics. We get lost in the negativity. And at the end of the day, man, this is a, a job of constant evolution, constant progress. Um, and if you're not with that, if that's not your vibe, if that's not your, your, your stick, like, dude, seek seek employment elsewhere. There's a thousand other things to do. Um, and I think we're, we're turning a table here in, in this generation of um, we're going to have people that are doing this back to because they want to do it. Right. People don't want to get their hands dirty anymore. People don't want to get go to work. Right. And that's what this job requires, guys. Like aside from the vacation and the, the schedule and the, the the perks, like this job is a blue collar job. Right. We just got away from it. And as long as you're able to accept failure, progress forward, grow and never stop learning, this is this is the place for you. You know, so, man, thank you so much. Appreciate you. And, uh, you know, this is a, a great episode, man. So uh, yeah, bro, appreciate it. Guys.
Now, no worries.